Good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Welcome back, Andrew and Johnny, this evening. And we are now so close, so close to Super Bowl uh, 58. Uh, It's going to be an amazing occasion over in Las Vegas. The finest being the Kansas City Chiefs coming up against the San Francisco 49ers. A Super Bowl, I feel like I've predicted. Oh, oh, apologies. My light bulb in here is, is it may occasionally flicker. There's something wrong with it. It's fine. Then it's not fine. It'll be okay. Don't let it distract you. I suppose people who are listening, it doesn't matter to you either way. People are watching. Don't worry about it. It's not you going crazy. You don't have an epileptic fit or anything like that. It's just a light bulb. Anyway, the Super Bowl. It's around the corner. The Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, I'm sure I predicted this Super Bowl somewhere, Andrew, in an episode. And I sort of went, I went for a few going, there's got to be it somewhere. Somewhere I can clip up that I predicted this Super Bowl. But I don't, was I unique in that? I feel like you you maybe said that as well, maybe. Or am I wrong? I mean, before the season started, to say it was going to be Chiefs 49ers, they, I think they were two of the, the favourites, weren't they? So, um, you know, we haven't been anything groundbreaking if it was at the start of the year. If you started to say that once the Chiefs started to struggle a little bit, then, then fair props to you. You've uh, you've nailed it and and stayed faithful to them. Well, I, I mean, I, is, 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 Johnny, is he trying to say a cop out? Is that what he's saying? He's saying like, <laughs> you know, Pete, Pete Schrager predicted this at the start of the season. He's trying to say Pete Schrager's a cop out now as well. But it's not a cop out, is it? It's just before the season started. <laughs> <laughs> Straight track. Every favourite. <laughs> Well, we are going to obviously, um, we'll do a Super Bowl episode next week, which will centre around both the teams. But this episode, there's no point us doing this about them teams and then repeating ourselves more in the the next episode. So we are going to really focus on the losing teams of of the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. And we'll we'll begin with the Chiefs-Ravens game, Johnny, a 17-10 win. By the Chiefs, the Ravens heavily favoured, favoured by all of us. On the, we all said the Ravens on the podcast as well. Um, it, it, not quite the Baltimore Ravens we've seen all season in this game. Yeah, simply put, the the offense wasn't able to do um, you know do anything really um, against the Chiefs on Sunday. And you know, kudos to the game plan that. Um, uh, the Chiefs' defense, um, the Rafael and Cordis Bagnola, what he brought, um, you know, really confused um, Lamar Jackson, um, and you know, ultimately led him to make you know those 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 plays, the the interceptions, which um, you know towards the end of the game anyway would seem to uh, to cost the Chiefs. But yeah, I, you know, the the Ravens' defense played you know as well as 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 they they have throughout this year, um, you know. Despite, I think the, the the opening touchdown from from Kelsey, Cal Hamilton had a great game. Roquan Smith as well, Patrick Queen. These names who we we, we talked about, um, you know, still were able to, to 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 shut down the Chiefs, you know, pretty much. Um, but the 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 offense wasn't able to create anything, and you know that that, that caused the Chiefs, you know, with Mahomes, Kelsey, um, to stay on the field, and um, you know, ultimately prevailed. It was. Um, you know, a, a game which the the Ravens, if a couple of things had, had gone their way, such as um, the fumble, some of the penalties, um, obviously the interception. You know, it, it really coin flip. I mean, obviously that you know the Lamar interception was was was, was pretty poor right at the end. Of the pass to Isaiah likely, but the Ravens could have very easily won this game. But um, but yeah, the the the, the game plan from 
the Chiefs defense, I think, is is is, is what has has won the game. And Spagnol, I think, goes down as you know one of the great um, defensive coordinators, getting his, his team back to this um, the back to the Super Bowl. Uh, particularly when you know there's been patches of this season and the last couple of years where um, the, the the Chiefs' defense has been their weakness, it's definitely their their, their strong point at the moment. Yeah, Andrew, I'm, it, it, focusing on the Ravens, I mean, it, it's it was tough sledding for Lamar. I mean, the end 2037, 272 yards, touchdown, interception. He rushed also 54 yards, um, and and it felt like it just wasn't clicking in place. Is it, it, it? Did we finally see? Really, when you don't have big, big time receivers, the, the, the problem with that. I mean, Zay Flowers had an all right day, but we'll, we'll go on to more about Zay Flowers probably in a minute. Mark Andrews was back, but obviously, this is his first game back since he's been on IR. Likely, he's been decent, but then you look at Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, OBJ. None of these names really stick out. Do you think that maybe the lack of talent on the offense, which, which, it, it, which we haven't really, it hasn't been a narrative for most of the season because they've been pretty good on offense. I think that sort of came back to 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 to, to show in this game. No, I don't think it's the lack of talent they had at wide receiver. I think the wide receiver game is 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 is, is fine. Uh, you know, you could argue that with the Chiefs, and they and they are now in the Super Bowl. I think the issue you've got with this Ravens team is. They didn't stick to the game plan that they've done all year round. I think that's the problem. For, for some reason, they've decided to come into this game and go, do you know what? We're not going to run the ball. Uh, you know, for a team that had the most rushing attempts in the league, the most rushing yards in the league, I think the next team below them, the Bears, were like 250 more yards more than them in the whole entire league. They were third in yards per carry for the season. Um, and I think they had the second most rushing touchdowns and then decided, you know what, Gus Edwards, have three carries. Justice Hill, have three carries. I think Justice Hill's the first the three carries were there in the first drive as well. Uh, and then Zay Flowers, obviously, with his two. I wouldn't necessarily class all of Lamar's as uh, designed rushing plays either. I think there was a lot of scrambling around in those carries that he had. So I just don't understand the game plan of moving away from that rushing game. You know, Gus Edwards, in the last four games of the regular season at 59 carries and three touchdowns. You know, why in the world did they go, let's not do it? It's not Because it's not as if they were ever massively behind in this game to the point where they're like, we're so far behind, we're going to have to start throwing the ball to get ourselves out of trouble. Because as Johnny said, the Ravens defense showed up, it played well, it gave them good field position. But for some reason, they chose just to throw. And also... If you look at, um, I talked about uh, Gus Edwards in the, those last three games. Isaiah Likely had six touchdowns in his last six games. And then they've gone, oh, Mark Andrews is back. We just won't throw him the ball. Because I think he caught two passes and the two that he caught weren't designed plays to him either. He was just open at the time. So, yeah, just really moved away from what worked for them to, to get there and be the heavy favourite. Um, so really bizarre, really bizarre game plan. Why, why do you, Johnny? What in your, why, in your opinion, did they move away from that game plan? Because Andrew, Andrew's very right when you look at the stats and you look at the way they play. That's how they played for a lot of season. They've been very successful in the end of the season with that. What, why, why do you think they moved off of that game plan? Do you think there was a reason for it? Um, was I, it a I think element involved. It was, you know, it was a big potentially, stage. potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm exactly the same. You know, camp as Andrew. I cannot understand why. You know, I was fully expecting going into watching that game that they would just be running the Chiefs to death, doing what they've done 
throughout the season. And, you know, we know Lamar's a, a very capable thrower. We've not, not taken away anything from that. I think, it, you know, the, the, the game plan didn't match... Um, you know, what the, the opposition was doing. And we saw that throughout, you know, um, just the amount of coverage that was um, on the, the the Ravens receivers. Brilliant game plan from from the Chiefs, but really sort of confusing. I think, yeah, I think that's one of the elements of it is, is you know, coming in and trying to surprise your opponent. Um, but, um, but yeah, as one of the best offences in the league, you know, backed up by a, a brilliant, a brilliant defence, um, I think you've just got to stick to to your guns, and you know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the the the, the next game. Um, but uh, yeah, you've got you've got to stick to the formula that works. Um, I think you know, unless you're coming up against um, you know an, an undeniable, supremely um, a better team than you, and I don't think the Chiefs necessarily were. Um, you know, the Ravens were heavily favoured, and um, I think ultimately, you know, the 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 offensive plan would you know led to their downfall but they they I mean, that's the, the the annoying thing is that the ravens could have very easily won this game um you know despite how poorly they played say flowers was 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 brilliant he's going to be you know haunted for um you know the rest of his career by 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 that fumble and you know whether or not the coaches have you know any um any any part to play in that but i'm i'm sure they will have instructed, you know, their players to to to, to go down in those sort of situations, uh, particularly with you know the game on the line. But um, yeah, individual mistakes um, cost the Ravens, and um, yeah, it's ultimately cost the place in, in in the Super Bowl. You can even argue in this point just before you jump in, Fred. No, it's okay. The the blueprint for this game, you know, these are massive organizations, big NFL teams. If they'd have just watched the tape from the Bills versus the Chiefs, they would have seen Josh Allen, 12 rushes, 72 yards, two touchdowns. James Cook, 18 rushes, 61 yards. The blueprint was there mm. for them to go, oh, they've got a rushing quarterback and a good running back, it worked. I just, it, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. We'll move on to Lamar in a moment, but I will uh, go back to Johnny. With, well, not back to Johnny, but go back to Johnny's point with Andrew to talk about it with with Zay Flowers because it was the same drive with his his taunting penalty and then his fumble. And I know Johnny said about it, it will haunt him, but I, I I said it on the group about this taunting stuff. You know, I don't care. I, I know sports sport. And I know it's passionate and it's and it's driven, and, and you get lost in the moment sometimes, but. I'm really sorry. When you are in them big moments in big games, you have got to realise the occasion. You have got to realise what's happening, and you've got to you've got to have the mentality that any little tiny slip up will cost you a game. And for me, I'm sorry. I thought the tour, the tour penalty was a massive factor in that. Now I always do say that the little that you can't specifically say one moment because you can't say that moment lost in the game that's what i mean i do believe that little moments do cause factors in the game but i don't believe that you can go right they lost the game because of this issue but andrew what's your opinion you're a man who plays sport sports to quite a high level um in your youth i mean you do now it's at the same time i suppose um what do you think on that factor and what do you think about that penalty in general as well i I think it's unacceptable, really, to get, to get them. They all know the rules. They all know what the taunting penalty is, they, and especially at the level it is as well. I, I think what I noticed the most, you see, you know when defenders 
make their big sacks or plays or anything like that. They do the play, they get up, they move miles away from the, the quarterback, and then they throw a big symbol sign, a slam, or whatever it is that their, their little move is. And you're not going to get a penalty for it. So I don't understand why he stood over him, threw the ball, gave it some beef. Like he could have just celebrate with the with, with the fans or the or the TV screen or something like that and still got the same energy and buzz. But yeah, I, I suppose he's he's young uh, and he'll learn from his mistakes and only get better. Um, you can see, obviously, it riled his teammates up a little bit as well, which isn't great when you're pushing for that victory. So it, it definitely, you're right in thinking that it was a bit of a turning point because there was a few little mistakes like that. And then they're going to chip away at you uh, eventually and, and cause you to make more mistakes, which we saw. So um, unacceptable uh, to do any taunting for me. I, I think it's... It, they know the rules, even if your emotions are high. Mm. Do you think? Do you think the rules are stupid rule though, in general? <sighs> well, it, I think if it's not in place, that could get to that could get out of hand, uh, and I think it's disrespectful uh, to a point to be doing it in front of someone's face um, when you're celebrating. So I I know why it's there and it's in place for a good reason, but you, you could argue, obviously, what he did didn't wasn't causing any issue or problem, but. Imagine if it wasn't, if that rule wasn't in place, and the uh, the the square offs we'd have, we'd have there'd be fisticuffs on on it turn into the hockey, wouldn't it? <laughs> do you, do you think Johnny? I mean, the, the one thing that we, they talk about Zay Flowers doing taunting. I mean, the Chiefs were not victimless in this. They were very very much going after the Heat. They were messing with Justin Tucker before game. Yeah. They were getting involved. Kelsey won a few penalties, but he was clearly milking. Like what? What do you what, what do you think about that? Um, I I mean I it's all part of the game plan of getting into your opposition's minds. You know that's that's something you see at sport at, at, at every level. And you know whether you like it or not, I think that it does have you know a role to play. Whether that be yeah players, coaches. I mean the the taunting aspect of itself. Zay Flowers knows the rules, and you know my opinion on it. You know I'm happy for players to celebrate, you know, big plays or, you know, um, uh, big tackles, touchdown, etc. But if you know that it's going to cost, I mean, the, 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 you know, it's going to cost you a significant amount of yards, particularly on a drive where the, the, the Ravens are down, um, you know, that in itself go completely goes against, you know, the, the sort of momentum edge that you're trying to gain from taunting. And um, it's, it, I mean, it's a disappointing rule because I, I, I like that edge in, in professional sports of, you know, not like I have to say, you don't want to see, you know, any sort of fighting or, um, you know, anyone, anything to put anyone else in danger, celebrating to, you know, um, you know, a, a big win. I remember, you know, back in my rugby days, you know, when whenever you'd win, you know, the small things like, uh, you know, a, a scrum or a, a turnover at the Rook, um, you'd be doing that in the, you know, the face of your opposition. Um, but in the NFL, it has consequences. And, you know, you, you have to respect that ultimately. So, He's got he's got no um, no excuse for for doing that, knowing full well um, that he's going to be punished. And it doesn't matter whether whether I disagree or or, or not, or whether he disagrees or not. It's it's going to get punished. And um, yeah, that ultimately didn't quite cost you know on the on the in, in terms of the scoreline uh, the Ravens, but it, it definitely had an edge because Flowers had a very up and down couple of minutes um, after that. 
The taunting don't matter on the wreckies in Yorkshire, do they, Johnny? It doesn't matter when you're in the face of any <laughs> the biggest stage. Lancashire, <laughs> sorry, not Yorkshire, That's Lancashire. Right. My apologies. Um, Andrew, uh, Lamar Jackson, let's go on him because he is the front runner for MVP. Um, but the conversation is going to come up again like it did a few years ago. He's two and four in the playoffs. He's he's not been to the Super Bowl at all in his career. He's had teams where he, he potentially could have done. He could have he could definitely have had a lot more playoff wins than he has. Um, he's coming off what I think is his best season. It may not be his best statistical season, but I think it's the best season he's had in terms of moving away from this one trick pony style of play that people have branded him with. Um, where does he go from here, and, and what do you think he's taken from from this game? I don't know. He's, he's just kind of turned into like the the opposite of Patrick Mahomes, isn't he? He's uh, an absolute stat machine and phenomenal through the regular season, and then come the playoffs, his production dips slightly. Whereas Mahomes is, you know, all right in the in the during the regular season. Or if you, I, mean, I think Mahomes, he's good during the regular season. I think if you used Eli Manning as a an example, I know as a Giants fan. He was really average during the regular season. And if, if he got to the playoffs, he then stepped up and performed more in the playoffs. Uh, and I think that's something we really now need to start looking at with Lamar Jackson and seeing if he can progress with from that and, and overcome it. That not only just in, in that one, but through the playoffs, improves and pushes and moves forward. It's an area that he now needs to uh, be better at because during the regular season, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. And then it just... Production drops a little bit in the playoffs, so um, that's he's, he's still young. He's still got areas he needs to work at, and I am confident in the Ravens that they're not going to mark this down now as going, oh, we've missed our opportunity in our window. I think they've got a lot of youngsters, a lot of good pieces, a lot of good defenders that are all going to be coming back. So I think they'll go, let's build on this, and we can run this again and, and try and beat the Chiefs again next year. I think there's some teams out there that would be... Uh, thinking, oh, we've missed our opportunity, our window. We're losing some older players, but uh, so yeah, I think he can. He's got something now to work on and progress. And I think that's always good as a sportsman to have something to work on, and he can look forward to to doing that next time he gets to the playoffs and, and having more production uh, in the playoffs itself. It's certainly going to be. Um, well, I, I think he's going to be the MVP. So you know, he's not walking away from this with nothing, I suppose. But I suppose he's probably a Super Bowl over an MV, over another MVP. I uh, I can imagine. And um, we'll move on to the second of the games, the NFC Championship game, which was the 49ers beating the Detroit Lions thirty-four to thirty-one. Johnny, uh, I mean, they, they were they were all over them in the first half. The Detroit Lions. They went into the half looking really, really good. Um, I forget the exact scoreline, they're 24 to 7 at the half. And then the, the 49ers came out, I mean, swinging and connecting all of their punches. Um, but but I really, I mean, it sort of flips away from the AFC, doesn't it? You know, defense did really well. Offense was quite lackluster, still came away from the game plan. Whereas the Lions, they really came out and they really showed them, themselves to be a team that, that is definitely keeping their game plan alive and, and knows exactly the direction they want to go in. How impressed were you with the Lions in this game? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a, a stunning start to the game. Um, you know, rushing touchdowns from Jameson Williams within, I think, was it the third or fourth play? Um, followed up by, you know, the other two running backs, Montgomery. And then Gibbs definitely, Gibbs got the third one, didn't he? Um, yeah, the, the, the line showed what they've been doing so positively this year. 
and the 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 49ers defense really struggled to get any sort of um you know any sort of stoppage going really in 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 the first couple of quarters beside obviously the uh, the touchdown score um from from Christian McCaffrey but yeah it was obviously a, a game of two halves and mm. you know take nothing away from from the lions they went out and 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 played i think the game that um um you know they they'd always and you know this is how they've played for the for the majority of the season so i've got no qualms in you know obviously i'm sure we'll talk about some of the decision making you know the questionable um um decisions even in the first half you know that decision to kick the field goal rather than doing what many of us expected um uh, the lions to go on the, the 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 fourth and short to um to get a touchdown to make it 28 uh, or 28 28 7 uh, going into the half um but yeah taking the three points instead um yeah it was the i mean the lions will will obviously take a lot from this and um you know it's disappointing for them but i think they can hold their their, their heads high i think they um have showed you know a lot of resilience this uh, this year and you know a team that everyone everyone likes um i think to um to to to, to follow and and um and support in these big games and obviously they've had good news as well with their offensive coordinator staying on so hopefully the band can get back together and um um yeah put on a, a show coming back next year they've just been really enjoyable to watch this year haven't they andrew i mean they've really they have turned the court and i think We'll, we'll talk more about Dan Campbell uh, in a moment, but really since he's walked through the door, this team's just gone from strength to strength to strength. And I mean, you look at their draft class they had this season that have just all played at a phenomenal level. I mean, I, 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 part of me, I, I know I went the Lions and because I, I, even though I probably thought 49ers were going to win, but I like the Lions to win because I thought they could bring that tenacity um, but they didn't fail, like Jonas said, they didn't fail to stay true to who they are in this game. And it was, you know, gun ho and exciting and fun. And they are, I know we joked in the last pod, I said the sort of an America's team and the team that America wants to support. And obviously Adam took a little bit of offence to that, given their divisional rivals with the Packers. But they're a, they're a joy to watch, aren't they? They're a joy and yet frustrating all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a great story to follow, and uh, a lot. I think there's a lot of fans now. Sort of now, we've seen a couple of teams that have sort of risen from being some of the worst franchises in history into being able to qualify and, and make these runs in the NFL. I think that's what we all love uh, about the game is the fact that anyone, any season, can can be the worst to the best. We've seen it with the with the Bengals. We've seen it technically with the Browns, the Jags, and now with the Lions and. Uh, I think that's why we all resonate and love the NFL so much because this is a possibility and, and and the Lions have been fantastic at it. I know we were talking in the group about the Lions and the fact that Ben Johnson is staying there. And I think when you look at them as a team and go, you know, um, Brad Holmes is absolutely fantastic at drafting. You know, he's had two really good drafts. Uh, they've got a very, very young team. Uh, most of the players are all coming back. I don't think they've got many free agents. And I think they've got something like, um, they've got a load of draft capital. I think they've got like eight picks and four of them with like a first, a second and two thirds. So they can definitely, but this isn't like a, a, a one and done for them either. They can build on a team that's already strong. I know, I think they, um, wasn't there a, was there a comment that Dan Campbell said that, you know, 
they they were just happy to to be there sort of thing and they, this might have been their only shot I, I don't think that's correct i think th there's no reason why they can't do this again because uh, they're only going to strengthen next year but um little little bit of an experience uh, for them but you're going to have that when it's the first time you've ever been there well yeah i mean my friend who's a lions fan has said the whole time since being the playoffs is like, i i i'm not fussed if we go out now because this is just an incredible journey you know i never thought it, I never thought that we would get to this stage, let alone get into an NFC Championship. Um, so he's just been enjoying it, and that's what that's what's, what has been really, really refreshing. Actually, this year is that the Lions fans have just been like, "This is just incredible." Like I never thought it was going to happen. It's been a long time coming. I didn't think it would be me. I thought it maybe a few years, but there's always been a sense, Johnny, that this team is doing something. Um, and and one of the, and one of the players that we have chat is is Jared Goff, who has often been the butt of jokes and has often been moved around and and i mean the rams moved off him and went for stafford in that massive trade and even though he got them to a super bowl um they and and he's really proved this year i mean sort of sort of a lot of the haters wrong don't you think or do or is is this again maybe more of a ben johnson being a great oc than goff goff being a fantastic quarterback no i think you've got to put huge huge credit to to Gotham, you know, for, for what he's been able to achieve, you know, of course, there are a lot of talents, uh, you know, a, a lot of emerging talents around him. We know how, how good the Lions have, have utilised their offensive weapons like Gibbs, Montgomery, the the way they just seem to run you to death. Um, Jameson Williams in the, you know, obviously in this game was was outstanding with, with his rushing and, and, and ability and, you know, if they can just get um the the ball into his hands um you know see what he see what he can do next year i'm looking forward to seeing him but um but jared goff's the the leader of this offense um he's cut you know he personifies i think the 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 grit and um um you know the the sort of comeback kid sort of mentality that the lions are are, are all about and you know they'll be left you know wondering you know what could have been um especially going into halftime of them, um, um, you know, with such a big lead against the Niners, but I think that's you know just part of the storyline. I, I agree with Andrew. I think they will be will be back. They've got a great chance next year if they can. You know, they've kept jo um, um, Ben Johnson uh, around. Um, yeah, obviously, you know that was. I think we fully expected him to to to, to leave, especially for the the Commanders. But um, but yeah, so that's huge positive news. And and Goff, I think, is probably expecting. Um, you know, an, a newish contract uh, fairly soon. I think he's, you know, deserved it. And um, the Lions are in a, a good place to to continue progressing under him for the, the time being. I, I'll, go, I'll go a little bit back to Andrew's point. He's made a second go with the drafting of this team that Brad Holmes has done for um, the, the GM. And just the, I'm just reading the names off the stat sheet. I mean, you say about the UFIT, Jameer Gibbs, Jameson Williams, Armand Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, um, and then on the other side, Malcolm Rodriguez, Aiden Hutchinson, um, Brian Branch. Um, I mean, I, I think I feel like Ali McNeil's fairly young as well. Um, th these guys have got uh, uh, how important do you think it is when teams look at other teams that you solidify certain positions, like Panay Sewell as well, another young player? You know, they've got key components all across the park, but have solidified in the right places, haven't they? At the tackle position, the cornerback position, well, corner slash safety in Brian Branch, I suppose they've got their edge rusher. Like, it, 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 
how when when teams are looking around, are they all trying to do that? Are they all trying to do that in the draft? Is is get them pieces that are like you know sort of your four top pieces of your quarterback, your tackle, your edge rusher, your corner to complete this team into and, and to go on a Super Bowl run. Did you ask me that for Johnny? Yeah, and I asked you. I asked you because you're you're the draft expert. <laughs> sorry, I thought you asked Johnny. I was like, sorry, I was going to answer in a minute. I'll, uh, I'll switch off from there. I was hoping you're going to answer. <laughs> would, you, would you like me to repeat it, but don't repeat it because I, I was a lot longer than I should have been. Really, I mean, you can give me the main point if you want. Main point was that the Lions have drafted the the what people would see as like the biggest positions for you to win a Super Bowl, but then they've also filled it with youth talent around. Do you think other teams are going to be looking at the model that they're doing and, and trying to rec- recreate it? Because it is a young squad. I think what they've they've have installed is, in a way, don't go by the uh, the book and what you should and shouldn't do. Get the players that you like, and if you're really hot on them, they'll fit into your game plan because you've bought into them and you think you're good. You know, they were mocked a lot this year for taking a running back, a linebacker, and a tight end um, and not looking at the, the, the key positions. But um, when you look at what they've done over the, over a two-year span, if you've got a game plan in your head, you know, you took the best edge rusher the, the year prior. You took a best uh, another uh, good defensive player in the year before. Um, I think, I think that, that that's now going to be a testament to people to go, you know, you don't need to be, or oh, it has to be a cornerback, an edge or an O-lineman. If you like a running back, take a running back. If you like a tight end, you take it. If you like a safety, take them. Uh, cause it's worked, it's worked for them and it's worked well. And they've seen what talent they've got. And I think that's, that's the key to drafts now going, where is the talent? How will it benefit my team? And let's not think about what the the pundits and the uh, people are analysing and, and talking behind the scenes go. This is what you should take uh, because they don't know your organisation. They don't know your five year plan. Um, so you know, I think that that's a, a testament to them and what they've done. That they've done it their way and it's worked. Because I love that as well. I love that you know Jameer Gibbs for a lot of people was going to be low end first going to the second. Sam Laporte was maybe going to be a first-round pick at the end. Jack Campbell was definitely, in some people's view, a third-round pick, potentially. Um, Brian Branch was sneaking into a couple of people's first rounds, but that was it. And and they went, no, we're taking we're taking Jameer Gibbs here. We're, we, you know, they took him very, when when it's, everyone said when as soon as Bijan Robinson got off the board, but there wasn't anyone else outside of Gibbs that was left and that people would probably wait on him because he could not be as good. But their first four picks were Jack Campbell, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporte, and... Brian Branch, weren't they? And I mean, all four of them have just been. It's been my favorite draft class. It's been my favorite draft class like, for, for for a team. I think Brian Branch. I mean, I'm going. I'm going. We'll talk a little bit on him. I think now because he's sort of been ignored. I think Johnny in the whole def- defensive rookie of the year conversation because I feel like everyone's sort of going on Jalen Carter. I think Brian Branch has been transformational for this defense. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. He's been, you know, he's completely transformed um, what was quite a weak um, secondary in in um, in Detroit before this year, and is, 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 is you know he's possibly one of the um, one of the best rookies uh, that we've seen this year. Um, and yeah, he's obviously feeling the love uh, a lot in De- in Detroit, and I'm, I'm sure will be a, a big part of the. Um, um, of the the Lions' defense for for many years to come, they've got you know 
so many emerging talents. Um, you mentioned McNeil and the defence. Um, if they can add a, a few more pieces, I, I think you know the defence has to be the, the you know finding those those studs because I think at times against the Niners the the lines looked quite tired um, and you know potentially you know the, the you know the, the the lines weren't able to keep their offence on the field um, for long periods in the second half that possibly paid a factor. Aiden Hutchinson was having to do you know a lot of the heavy loading. Um, in terms of trying to get to the quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this draft class, like you say, has brought players like Branch, um, who are going to be superstars in the league for, for years and years to come. Um, and, you know, I'm fully expecting them to, to get another couple, um, at least this year, uh, because, you know, that's that's what the Lions have done for the last few years. Um, but, um, but, yeah. They, uh, I think they're very, very well placed for the future with the the the, the emerging stars uh, that they've got. Well, we'll finish up with talking about us with Dan Campbell, Andrew, because I mean he has been since he's joined the Lions. The he's been in the media a lot. A lot of people have, have joked about him. A lot of people have said that he's too emotional. That he's he's sort of a, a very blue collar, old school style of coach. But at the same time, I think he's got that that mentality that grit he was next player himself i mean he wore he wears heart on his sleeve clearly obviously the hard knock series that, that showed a lot of him involved in the coaching um a couple of years ago um i mean what do you think of the job he's done because I, I, he's brought i feel like he's invented reinvented detroit football yeah we spoke a lot about head coaches over the whole season and, and ones that we didn't think fit and ones that have done better than we thought and when we're talking about characteristics of what a team will need uh dan campbell was perfect for them because he is a motivator and is a culture setter you know the culture at detroit was they have some decent players and they're just rubbish and they just lose and he's changed the culture there and turned it around so they can believe in themselves and i think you know, when we talk about the the genius minds of Sean McVay and Shanahan and 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 you know people like that, or that tactically or are just genius, and they can make a game plan that wins games. He brings culture and motivation and working well with the youngsters. And I think because he's got uh, come from a playing background and he is slightly from uh, an offensive side of the ball with the tight ends that. He then knows what will make a good coordinator. And I feel this is why he's such a good head coach. He's more of like a, a CEO head coach rather than a coordinating head coach, a head coach. And I think sometimes that's what a team needs. Uh, and he's nailed it. So time will tell uh, if Ben Johnson does leave after, if they have another successful year and he moves on, if he has got that talent in being able to pick uh, coordinators and if he finds the next Ben Johnson and it works, then Dan Campbell should be up there to, to be told that, He's a great head coach and he does know what he's doing. Johnny, you sort of mentioned it earlier, though. Do you find it that sometimes his, he is maybe too aggressive with the play callings? We saw a lot of people have already blamed him for this loss. Um, I would argue that a fumble and a, 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 well, a ball that should have been easily intercepted lost uh, was was more of a factor than Dan Campbell being a bit risky. What do you think? Because he's 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 always done that. He, I have to give it to him. That's the yeah. only. Thing I'd say he's 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 got a brand and he sticks on it. He doesn't wave off of it, which I do quite like. Perhaps I think I I don't read too much into it because exactly like you say, the Lions have been you know this aggressive um, for 
all of the season. You know, that's who they are. That's how they play, whether that's right or wrong. You know, that's you know that's what's brought them success to get them to the NFC Championship games. There's obviously decisions that, in hindsight, I would change now. I referenced the first the first one where Campbell, I think on probably any other um occasion is it is i mean it's difficult to say in hindsight but but i i think he would have gone for um um you know the the, the fourth down rather than taking the field goal at the end of the second yes okay he's up um two two touchdowns and then a field goal which is a very comfortable lead but that would have been a real sucker punch in in the niners um um you know to 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 have that at, at half time um I think you know obviously the a couple of the other fourth down decisions um you know largely I, I think we can largely blame them perhaps on on you know obviously the the um the one that did make in the, the the Gibbs um um the Gibbs fumble um those can go either way and I th- I, I don't have any qualms against the Lions um going for it as as they have experience I think like this and, and and losing this game in in the way that they did will probably alter their you know decision making for you know the next time they're here um you know and that's you know that's not that's not just Campbell I think you know the, the, some of the play call even you know right at the very end when um um there was a minute to go and um um they didn't get it with the the Montgomery run they had to burn a timeout um you know that's that's on both the the the, the offensive coordinator and uh, and the head co- and the head coach. So I think it's 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 all part of this learning game for for the Lions. They've done incredibly well to get here, uh, and the way that they've done it is being aggressive. And with that mind plan, it's just about perhaps sticking to that. Um, you know, all throughout the game, or you know, when it comes to those sort of big um, big um, big games um, with you know so much on the line. Uh, that they, they they alter and 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 stick to their judgment for for that particular scenario. Right. Well, we'll move on to uh, our final topic this evening. Only five minutes left, so we'll try and cram a little bit of this in. Admittedly, um, it's the head coaching hiring cycle. There's a lot been going on. Um, we have the LA Chargers have hired Jim Harbour. The LA uh, Las Vegas Raiders have hired Antonio Pierce, but he was the interim head coach. They made him full time head coach. Jared Mayo's new Patriots coach, Brian Callahan, the new Titans coach, David Canales, the new Panthers coach, Raheem Morris, new Falcons coach. And in the last hour, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, has been announced as the Seattle Seahawks coach. Um, there's general managers movement as well. But I'm going to stick firstly on with Andrew because LA Chargers, Jim Harbour, I don't think you'd have to go very far back in this podcast, but you definitely said this. And if, if anything, there's been multiple podcasts that you have said this, and how pleased are you with with Harbour going to the Chargers? Yeah, it's an absolute great decision. I think uh, I searched my text messages to find out, and it was August uh, that I could August, find. Wow. August was the, the first time that I mentioned it in the group that they should sack Staley and uh, and and go for Harbour. Obviously, at that point, he was um, just going into a ban for the start of the season with uh, with Michigan. I thought he's not going to enjoy being banned for something so small, and he's going to want out. And where could he go? But um, he, he talks about how this is where he wanted to be, and I think it's a, a perfect opportunity. Uh, as I said on our little clip, it's. It's the for me. It was the best job available because it's got a quarterback and it's got uh, a good O line and uh, it has some nice defensive pieces. Whether they can keep all of them, I don't know because it was the most expensive defense in the league last year. But um, 
He's brought Jesse Minter over with him, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Who, who's uh, Jesse Minter? Sorry. So uh, I, I said I said I had to you in, the, in a text message. I had a little story about this. We've got time for it. I'll bang it out quickly. So um, Michigan had trouble beating Ohio, uh, and they could never beat them. And then Harbaugh was like, "I need to stop this. I can't win. I can't get to the playoffs unless I beat Ohio." So he phoned his brother and said. The reason I can't beat Ohio is because the wide receivers are too quick and too shifty and too good. How do I beat them? Have you got anybody in your organization so I can have a Ravens-styled uh, defensive back system like you've got? And at the time, they had two guys. They had Jesse Minter and Mike McDonald, who were, weren't co weren't head, like coordinators at the time. And he said, they're both exceedingly talented. You can have whichever one you want. So he interviewed both, and he loved both of them but still was unsure. And Harbour said, take McDonald, see how he goes. So I think um, uh, Minter ended up going to another one of the college teams. Uh, and then the, Harbour had a great year, Michigan, with McDonald. And his brother wanted him back in Baltimore, so took him back. <laughs> and he was straight on the phone to Minter and said, you're my next option, I want you in. So they both come from the Ravens, and they both come from that uh, same style and same background. So you're going to get a similar styled defense to what essentially what Mike McDonald's just done at the Ravens. So it, it's worth his weight in gold and having the pair of them come straight into the organization and turn it around. And I think another big thing that I was banging on about is how small of a brand the Chargers was in that city. I've, I've spoke about it a lot, the fact that they, you know, even the college teams, the baseball teams, the, the Rams, um, they're all bigger, the basketball teams, all bigger than the Chargers. And since Harbaugh's been there, they've been all over the news, all over the billboards, all over everything. He's going to create so much revenue uh, and bring so much more to that team than, than just the head coach that it's a fantastic hire for me. I mean, the owners, um, Spanos, have been... Have been chipped at for being cheap but i think harbour's going to pay for himself in in in, in sales and season tickets because uh, people are going to want to watch him coach this team so absolutely fantastic hire for me i i completely agree i think it's going to be a great watch um we will go probably into more depth about his new coaches in the offseason but johnny very quickly for you antonio pierce they didn't make the same mistake twice they did uh who what was his name rick rick it was the one um, last year. It was the who was the interim, and everyone was like, "You should have kept him." And then they got rid of him. They did the Josh McDaniel, the, the sorry, the um, McDaniel hire, and then obviously that went pants. And then they got Antonio Pierce, and they've got no, we're going to stick with this time. How how happy are you for him? Because he's he's really done a really good job for the Rays. I'm really pleased for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what we saw from the the players on uh, you know Max Crosby and and those alike who were so positive about Pierce you know, on a team that went through such a difficult, yeah, the, the difficult year once again um, with so much expectations on them. Um, you know, a roster which is yeah, pretty meh, um, but they are fully behind Antonio Pierce and they, they made that mistake. It was, um, was it Rich Bizzacchia? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, Rich Bizzacchia, was, not, not, yeah, yeah. Um, who was there? Um uh, yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, they they should have they should have um, 
um, hired him um, um, when they had the chance and, you know, they can't make that, that second mistake. That's why someone who knows the organisation, knows the players, um, you know, you essentially want something like, you know, not necessarily saying he's, he's you know, an incredible play caller or etc. He's in the mould to me like Dan Campbell in terms of you want someone who players are going to want to play with, let the play calling and let, you know, the geniuses of the, the offensive and defensive coordinators um, um, and their coaches, at, you know, um, coaching staff alike, do that sort of thing and, and build that atmosphere through through the head coach. I think that's something that we might see a bit more of. Um, I think, obviously, talked about with, you know, the success of Campbell. Let's hope that... Um, uh, Antonio Pierce can 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 um, uh, can bring a similar sort of thing to uh, to Las Vegas because um, yeah I think we definitely saw an improvement with him in charge uh, on an interim basis last year. Well, it's certainly I'm I'm certainly very very pleased for him for sure for getting that job and thank you Andrew and thank you Johnny for joining me this evening. Apologies we've not talked about these Super Bowl teams Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers but that will be in our Super Bowl episode next week. Commiserations to the Baltimore Ravens and Detroit Lions but well done because it's been a long season and you've both done tremendously well. I know it's not the Super Bowl but you've still had a really remarkable season. We'll be back next week and I hope you have a good weekend as we prepare for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. See you soon.